I'm Tom. And Kay. And this is the Lake Erie Dogs Podcast, Episode 2, Season 2. If you want to learn more about Lake Erie Dogs, you can follow us at Lake Erie Dogs on all social medias, or check out our website at www.lakeeriedogs.com. How are you? Good. How are you, Tom? I'm doing great. That's great. We're at Birdie's 12, 12, 12 weeks, weeks. Three months. This weekend. Um, so we had her for four weeks now. Yeah. So we thought we would come on and we're going to do kind of a two-parter about talking about what I've been doing as a trainer in raising my first puppy. This is yeah. my first raising a puppy experience. The past, the only other time was Captain when I was 15. Yeah. Um. And you didn't know what you know now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And obviously last year losing him, then losing Drax in one year was yeah. pretty like... Traumatic. Yeah. And we talked about that a little bit last time. And um, so after we got Griffin and felt really like, felt like we had the crew of anything. Which we had joke. no idea. Like um, week to week things change and we were like, oh, he's a newborn. This yeah. is how it's going to be. This is going to be so easy. Mm-hmm. What a joke. Yeah. Things change. But we're managing, mm-hmm. and it's going really well, I think. Mm-hmm. And we knew a puppy was going to come in the next year. Couple years, Couple yeah. years and whatnot. And it's honestly, I know we said this last week, but it's honestly been, I think it's great because Griffin can't walk around yet. Yeah. And Birdie's manic, so, mm-hmm. like, we're dealing with her manicness while he can't move. Yeah, because if you were on the, like, Ground. growling around... That would also, res- we'll talk about freedom and stuff, but that would restrict Birdie a even lot. More. Re- even more. you know. Um, but, so we're going to talk about everything from day the one. The start. The start. And we got her from riding shotgun kennels out in Fostoria, which is also where one of our clients got their dog, Boomer. We love Boomer. We love Boomer. Drax loved Boomer. Yes, he did. And the one thing that Drax used to do a lot for our company and for me with other dogs was he was a really good socializer. What's that Um, mean? It means he was a good ref in the social yard. Yeah. Sometimes, like, he would hop in for me when it felt like it needed to happen. He was so good at reading. Um, It wasn't like where sometimes dogs are, like, overcorrecting and people are like, oh, that's a good thing. Drax really, like picked it out it was a perfect correction so it wasn't too much it was just enough mm-hmm. to make the point and it he knew really how to good. play how yeah. to loosen up dogs and everything really well yeah he and knew how to read them when they were nervous and like would give them space but also like sniff close to them and make them comfortable yeah it was magic yeah. watching him do it and we're not ever gonna birdie's never gonna be as good as Drax with right. that but the one dog that he just played with perfectly yeah and one dog you know boomer's really good at introducing he's also and like very saying good hi at doing to new that. dogs yeah. and everything if, and if it's game on with that dog like boomer's like all right let's do it right, right. he's um, always game it felt like yeah exactly and he'll push dogs into play a little yeah. bit and get them loosened up so i really liked that about boomer and then we saw that there were you know, some of the puppies left in the, their litter. And 
we kind of we went for it. We went for it. Um, <laughs> we got Birdie so, on my birthday. Yeah, we got like February seventh. Yeah, right. We got Birdie, and um, I went out and picked her up that morning. I was like, "You're gonna hang out." And yeah. I brought one of the little rough tufts. I'm like, this is going to be a breeze. It's going to be great. I'm going to put her in this day. crate. She's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> I got her in the crate and just like she screamed the whole drive. Scream. It, was that a moment where you were like, what the fuck? Have yeah, been? I think I tried to call you and be excited about like. She hasn't stopped. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like. And, um, and it was like that for two more days. Exactly. And there's this level of the reality of it and there's the level of this is how dogs are yeah as puppies these are the behaviors you'll see i mean how many times do you get to take a puppy from their litter and bring it home yes you don't get that experience so you have no idea what it would be like so separating her putting her in a first situation of containment putting her in a car yeah right all these things were first the breeder Mm -hmm. did a really good job of separating mom like the week of Mm-hmm. So at least we kind of had that going for us. Like she mm-hmm. wasn't freaking out because mom wasn't around. It was yeah. comrades were gone. And few tips here about picking out your breeder and those kind of things, yeah. right? You should, there's certain things to look for. Like we, we talked to someone that didn't get the dog to like a few months. And that's an issue if a breeder's like not giving the dogs out till a few months. It should be between that eight to ten week range that you yep. do get your puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they should have, your breeder should obviously be doing certain things like separating mom from the litter, mm-hmm. right? Separating the litter from each other sometimes, yep. you know? Um, Putting them on grass, he was doing. Socializing them to yeah. textures. We went people. and saw her when she was seven weeks old mm-hmm. before we got her exposed them to kids and to everything kids, too. Yep, handling but we went and saw mm-hmm. her so we got to see mom we talked about dad saw pictures of dad mm-hmm. saw the health and the cleanliness of the breeder all of these things were like check 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 yeah um we talked about has and anyone had any hip issues eyes all of that stuff yeah and I the would, mom's a good hunter yeah the dad's a good hunter they will have drive um so that drive is very natural in her and we did get asked if we would make her a bird, a hunting dog. Right. It's, are we gonna um, hunt with her? We don't. I hunt. would like. To, <laughs> we don't hunt. I would like to learn. I think it would be a very fun thing. You Have know? you ever shot a gun? No. I've only shot one twice. Like, I know a few the times. baseline of hunting. Like obviously, set. You know, pointing at the birds and finding retrieving. them, retrieving all those factors. Those are all things I'm gonna do with her outside of it. Yeah. Right. Like she's gonna learn and have those behaviors because those are fulfilling things that are, are in her genetics biologically fulfilling for her yeah. specifically for her breed and you've heard us we've spoken about biological fulfillment yeah um like snow likes to tug because he's a yeah. pit bull mm-hmm. sasha and all dogs <laughs> and all dogs have just like the natural things of being a predatory animal right and then there's also like when dogs are built and driven and designed for something right yeah i want a higher energy dog that can go all day Right. You know, don't get me wrong, where I can work them, socialize them, let them play, but at the same time, we're running a farm, right? right. So, me letting her go for straight birds right. is not practical because we have chickens that she are free running. She can't act on her prey drive. Yeah. The more I let her act on those, like, predatory, like, behaviors, yeah, the more it's going to be hard for her to make those decisions when she's on her own. On property. Right? And the chickens so, roam. Yeah. 
So she gets it and she's going to get those biologically fulfilling exercises and stuff through extra, you know, things that are like the right. real thing, right? Structurally. That's kind of my plan. And then down the line, if she's showing really good signs, maybe like after one, it yeah. might be something I go and do once I feel like she has pretty good control on like, I don't kill chickens, but I could go grab, a, you know. A duck. A duck or something. <laughs> um, so that's kind of my plan with that. Yeah. Right? But right now, puppyhood is puppyhood. Right yeah. Yeah. We're in the... So, Critical period. Mm. The critical period is uh, not a common phrase thrown around. Babies go through it and puppies go through it. Um, pretty much all creatures go through a critical period where it's they're, they're coming to being. They're I learning like the about. Lion, um, Pat analogy, Stewart, yeah. yeah. Where it's like if a dog saw a well fed lion and hung out with a well fed lion, like the dog in the future would like. Never probably, be afraid of a yeah. lion. Um, if the dog hung out with deer, if the dog hung out with chickens, yeah, then they should be pretty comfortable. We're right? about to have chicks hatch. I have an incubator. We're about to have chicks mm. hatch next week, and Birdie will still be in her critical period, and they're yeah. gonna be friends. Yeah. I, I, want, I want them. I doubt yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but coexistence, coexistence with a lot of things. Yeah. Seeing that they're gonna be coexisting in particular ways, and also learning how to be in a household. Right. Right. Domestication. Yes. So there's the critical period, which is pretty much from like birth to 16 weeks where we're in this process of trying to show Birdie as much as we can in safe, healthy ways, right. not trying to get her sick, but definitely just trying or to get her exposed. Or making her scared. Or scared or over-socialized. Over-stimulated. Yeah. That's why a lot of the, I know you're going to talk about this, but that's why a lot of times we take her out on the harness and the retractable so she can investigate, but yeah. she also can make space for herself. We're not tugging on her. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff is really important right now for her to experience on her own. Yeah. So in the critical period, what we were seeing first day in the car was, hey, I've never been contained, right? Containment. And she was screaming her head off. And I tell a lot of people, like, your puppy is going to. And you have to ride it out. I and I realized how hard. That oh, it was hard. Really for you. is because she was losing her mind. But those first few days, I had to say, if we expose her to the crate, whether she likes her or not, if we just show her this once mm-hmm. and get through it, she's gonna be fine in the crate. Right now, for she's a twenty-four hour period. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, not a whole twenty-four hour. No, period. she wasn't no, staying yeah. in it. But I'm saying, yeah. like, have her go through a day of seeing it, yeah. and then the next. A few mm. days were cake. Mm. So it was getting her used to containment and separation. Right. Because both of those were happening, right? She was dealing with being stuck in some spot by herself, mm-hmm. right? And being by herself and seeing us on the outside, right? Mm-hmm. Where she literally were just taken from her brothers and sisters and those kind of things. Yeah. So yes, it was tough for her. So we did give her like a blanket. Comfort. And gave her comfort because that warmth from the mother is still important. And right. that warmth from the litter. And, like, when you held her and those kind of things, she was, like... Calming down. Calm. Yeah. And relaxed. Yeah. And that was, like, most important. And then getting our potty training down. Right. Right? So... I think our approach to potty yeah. training is just every two hours. Huh. I mean, every time she comes out of the crate, she goes... Yeah, I mean, every time she comes... If your dog comes out of the crate, they go to the bathroom. Right. Right? If before you put them in the crate, they go to the bathroom. Right. Right? If you see them drink water... You take them to the bathroom. If they just ate, you take them to the bathroom. Right. Right? Um, if it's... Usually I'll do an instant, like, hey, I saw you drink a lot of water. 
run around for three more minutes, then I'm going to bring you outside. Right. Even with feet eating. Or th- an hour later. That's because, yeah. and your focus really has to be mm-hmm. on puppy, because if you get busy doing mm-hmm. something, that's when it... A lot of people leave it up to the dog. They didn't tell me. The dog didn't tell me, or my dog tells me. I don't like that answer. I That bugs me out, because... Yeah. They They are animals, they're an infant, and they don't know the difference from inside to outside. That's what domestication is. That's why we brought up that word. It's learning how to live in the human world inside a house. You're literally trying to create a habit Mm -hmm. of going outside to pee. Mm -hmm. They don't know anything else besides the fact that we keep taking you outside to do this thing when you have to do it. They don't even know what's Mm -hmm. happening. So we make the focus of like, when you're outside, it's literally just to go to the bathroom and I'll bring you inside. Right. Right. And Birdie doesn't want to explore. Like, that's too much stimulus for her. To yeah. where, like, anytime I was bringing her out, it was like, she's like, I'm going to the bathroom and I kind of just want to go inside because I know inside's a safe place. Yeah, right? and it was cold. I'm young. Right. So, these things aren't, like, when we mention separating her from her litter and all those kind of things, like, yeah, those are situations where a dog could become fearful, but you, if you approach teaching them how to deal with it right, you are building a very resilient, confident dog. Amen. Where so some of these things you might be hearing that we're doing, where you're like, "Oh, poor puppy," she that, was screaming. Yeah, like those kind of things. Like let them deal with it because, or you could come to, you know, or you where, could deal with it later. Yeah, like in a, <laughs> when the dog's a year and a half, and you call Lake or your dogs, and you're like, "My dog's been whining in the crate all the time," right? Yeah. Um, it happens because if you're letting her out at the crate for the whining and that kind of stuff. You're reinforcing. You're teaching that wine gets you out of the crate, right? So we were making sure all of her needs were met. And then we put her in the crate and be like, hey, if she's whining, she's gone to the bathroom. She drank water and peed it out. She's pooped. She ate. She's been exercised. She's been exercised. There's her comfort, mm-hmm. right? And that's when we're using the crate. Yeah. It's like all those needs are met. So if she's whining for any other reason, it's just because she's frustrated and you have to kind of teach them to get over that frustration, mm-hmm. right? Easier said than done. Again, like I've been wanting to rip out the rest of my hair on the side of my head that I have left <laughs> um, because it's The just, whining is intense. And like she's definitely getting to this point where she's just like, what if I just whine at you for like 10 minutes and she'll just stare at you and whine? <laughs> And you're like, you have had everything you need. And right. sometimes, and then what happens is, sometimes it's overtiredness. She's right. like, you have to wait it out and just let them cry it out and go to sleep. Right. Like, you see that we with Griffin re- a lot. I do. And we really have, like, we are here all day with her. And she sees us mm-hmm. moving around in the house all day. So mm-hmm. there are moments where we're, we really have to realize, like, okay, we've had her out. For way too mm. long, she needs to go take a nap. Yeah, because puppies need sleep. Overtired, frustration. You can see it in her. She mm. starts using her mouth more. She does things that don't like. She normally like just wouldn't do like play bowing mm. and try and do attack our feet. She I didn't tired. really understand it before. Like I was like, oh, that'd be yeah. Dog should spend a lot of time in the crate sleeping and that kind of stuff as a puppy. What really got me was that. She's almost on a Griffin schedule. Yeah. Like on her own. I mean, Meaning, like, grow that she's going to get away from him. But right now, well, it's same that with way. him. Yeah. Like yeah. he's waking up more and that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it was kind of like they sleep for an hour and a half to two hours. Yeah. They wake up. They want to eat. They want to drink. They want to go to the bathroom. 
And then they kind of want to interact for a little bit till they fall asleep again. Yeah. That's quite literally it. It's a revolving door here. It's a revolving door. For a while I had, yeah. when I was when you were working, when you were really busy with boarding, I had Griffin doing that and Birdie was sleeping and then Birdie would get up and I'd get, mm-hmm. I'd get Griffin asleep and it was just like constant Cycle. throughout Cycle. the day Cycle. of getting both of them mm-hmm. tired. But anyhow, um, sorry, I was telling Kate to check the camera because Griffin's on the swing right now sleeping while we yeah. record this and uh, <laughs> we're just checking the camera real quick. But yeah, so crate was a really big thing. And the way I was approaching potty training is I pretty much would carry her out super young out into the spot that she would need to go potty and then set her down, say go potty. And then once she did, I would pick her up and take her in because she's really small. So like it wasn't hard to just grab her and pick her up. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't necessarily need a leash at that age. We have Once a proper, you get into the tech, yeah. tech, we have a pretty large property. We where have five it's okay. Acres, we, I, it's I mean, we can catch her, but um, you're getting to the point where yeah. she might need yeah. now, but we're talking about then. And now the tools that I would use to go potty, if you don't want to do it off leash, I suggest a, this is going to be crazy coming from a trainer, but from. This is the only time it's appropriate. Only time is when you're training potty training and you have a dog that wants to explore, let's say you send your dog out in the yard and they don't go to the bathroom because they're exploring the yard. I say, go out there and monitor them. And I suggest hooking up to a retractable leash so there's no pressure on them and they're not dragging you around. With the harness. With the harness. Yeah. So Birdie's on a harness and a retractable leash when I take her potty. Mm-hmm. 12 weeks marks where I could start basic leash work and having her wearing a leash that's designed for the neck. Yeah. Right? A training like a leash. Lead. Yep. Or even just like a flat collar and using that. Mm-hmm. But keep your puppy on a harness. If you if they're pulling too much and you don't know how to communicate with it, the harness is going to keep anything away from like causing any long-term neck damage if right. at a young age. So that's where I like the harness at this age. Yeah. Okay. So I can avoid any pressure. Um, and again, don't move to a training like neck collar. If your dog's a heavy puller, wait for a trainer until you start learning how to use the tool. Or research how to use it. Yeah, yeah research how to use walking it. Walking a dog on a flat collar yeah. that's hitting their trachea, pulling, mm-hmm. you're doing damage. So if you need to stay on a harness for a little bit longer and do your research, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. And like Birdie's not, I don't need her in a perfect heel right now. She could walk in my space and I can use food, which we'll we talk about the food use. plenty of time use. for that. But essentially, take them out to the spot, no pressure at all, let the retractable, let them kind of learn kind of a parameter um, for them to go to the bathroom, and then you go right inside, and that's it. We eventually get to a point where, like, I could play with Birdie outside, but we're talking potty training. If that's what you got to do, that's what you got to do. That's why I think getting a dog in winter is a really good idea, because they want to do their business and come inside. Yeah. And... Other than that, like, again, just be pretty strict about your potty schedule. Don't depend on them. And keep it, like, maybe once to twice every hour, mm-hmm. quite honestly, at that at, at eight weeks. Yeah, right? when you first brought her home. Um, at night, we planned on being up a lot. Yeah. And I think that's how we curbed it, was, like, we weren't waiting for Birdie to say, I need to go potty. And wake us up We were like... All right. She needs to go out at, yeah. we go to bed at 9, she needs to go out at 11, she needs to yeah. go out at 1, she Kay and Griffin usually would come to bed at like 10.30 yeah. and like sleep for a while. So like Kay would do that final let out and yeah. then like put her up 
And then I would plan on getting up at like two. Yeah. And I let her out. And then I was at five. It was kind of if I was up for the day. Yeah. Or if you got it because you were changing a diaper. Um, it was kind of just like whoever grabbed it. Yeah. And now we stay consistent with that part for 12 weeks and she is sleeping through or four weeks and she's sleeping a whole night at this mm-hmm. point. She started doing that like yeah. the end of last week. So three weeks of consistency. But even with that, we were like, I was still waking up. I was we like, were still waking oh, her up and getting her yeah. out at like two or three. Yeah, in the I was like, of the even night. though you're not waking us up, why one of us, if I had stay to go to the consistent. bathroom, yeah, stay consistent and you'll start to see it kind of work, right? Mm-hmm. And we'll get into freedom next, but what other potty questions do you think are important to mention? What do you do when they have an accident, when they pee in the house? She did. Um, It's going to happen. Right. Right? Like, they don't know the difference from inside and outside. You don't yet. need to, like, punish them. Yeah, and that's the point you. of, like, you're showing outside is where you, like, do expel that. yourself and yeah. that kind of stuff. Right. Like, that's where you do your business, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be my first and foremost, most important thing that I'm teaching a dog. Yeah. Is like, you go to the bathroom outside like an animal. <laughs> like, right. you don't do it in here because this is the human world and we don't like And I do think this concept applies to when you get a rescue or you get an older puppy too. Like, mm-hmm. your outside needs to be defined as well. So it's mm-hmm. kind of the same concept. Yeah. And um, anytime you play with your dog too, chances are they'll need to go to the bathroom afterward. Yeah. Um, anytime you feed them or work them for food, they'll have to go to the bathroom. But I guess the next thing pairing with the potty training and the crate training would be like food. freedom. Oh. Yeah, freedom first. We'll talk about food. That's the last yeah. thing. But the freedom's really important because we're this podcast. We're going to share the graphic of like our puppy schedule, mm-hmm. right? And then the freedom schedule, which is a level of crate. X pen, exercise pen, mm-hmm. um, structure timeout, and total freedom. Yeah. Okay. So those are kind of our f- like four, four levels of freedom. So there's the first level of freedom, which is the crate, which we started talking about, but I kind of want to talk about the reasons on why we need it for training and for the dog's developing behavior, right? Where essentially, if a dog's in a crate, and they are desensitized and comfortable in the crate, they really aren't or can't make bad choices, mm-hmm. right? Birdie's in a sized crate suitable for her for also potty training reasons of a dog pees and poops on an oversized crate on one side of the crate. They can get away from it. They get away from it and lay down. So Birdie's just in a very small, extra small crate mm-hmm. that we have roughed off. Which is yeah, really we just nice. have a lot of sizes of crates, so we have that option. Yeah. But you would get probably like a spacer if we were an everyday owner. Yeah, if you had a wired crate, you would get a spacer. Crate. Usually, most of the crates come with a spacer now. Yeah. Even if you have an extra large crate and you're like, hey, I'm going to have an extra large dog. How big should it be? Just it in... should be big enough for the dog to lay down, stand spin up. around, stand up, and let, you know, pretty yeah. much just exist. That much. Right? Right. Like, kind of just like a. Just space to operate. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then other reasons for the crate is you can manage their behaviors. If they're not out and you can't monitor them, they should be in the crate. <laughs> we might have some baby sound effects in the bath background. Griffin's <laughs> sitting in and he's going to the bathroom himself. So sorry about that. 
but he's here. He's joined the conversation. Yeah. So if you have any input, Griffin, let us know. Um, <laughs> but we already talked about potty training, buddy. Um, so with the crate, my dog's not out getting to this, getting to that. And if they are out, it's so I can watch them. That's why I kind of do these layers, right? And um, the crate's pretty much pretty much a dog could bark and whine in there and maybe like chew on something. Like that's about as that's bad as it can, can get, yeah. right? And a young puppy should be breaking out of a crate or being too frustrated or too anxious in the crate. I mean, they're going to sound anxious and they yeah. will be. Some things but... that we did that helped was like covered the crate with a blanket. We mm. played a noise machine or put blankets in there yeah. for her to be warm. And you could always use their food and kibble to create positivity to the crate by mm -hmm. putting treats and food in there. Or doing training sessions and drills revolved around the crate, which I have done. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. Which we'll kind of talk about, I think, more of the food stuff in part two. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she has the crate, and then she has an X pen, meaning an exercise pen. Um, I like to call it the Rugrats pen because that's kind of like where the Rugrats would hang out is in their oh exercise gosh, pen. Yeah. Right? So that's kind of Birdie's spot. That's her rug, Rugrats pen. Um, that's her second level of freedom. Yeah, that's her second le level of freedom. We, Carly gave us, what, an eight-panel yeah. X-Pen, and I only used four of the panels at first. So it was just bigger than the crate. She could play in it and whatnot and move around. Yeah. So we gave her a few different types of toys inside the exercise pen. Oh, yeah, this is key. Right? This is key. Dogs like three levels of toys puppies do. They like hard chews, which don't last for long because usually it hurts their teeth, but they like something hard to chew on. A medium chew, which is more of a play tug session, right? Mm -hmm. Where we're usually playing tug with. But I have like that jolly like stretch man yeah, that's made of some good material. And it's crinkly. And it's crinkly, makes sound. That's kind of level two. And then we have a soft little plush chicken squeaker. That's like her softest mm -hmm. one. Okay. So if she has those three kind of chews, she's going to be able to expel that outside of training and biological fulfillment of me playing with her. Um, those are just things that a puppy needs because they are going to chew. They are going to use their mouth to interact yeah. with things. Birdie picks up pine cones outside. Another key thing I want to talk about in between the crate, just a key tip here is, Humans and toddlers can use their hands to interact with their environment, to right. pick things up and analyze and observe them. I mean, even babies put things in their mouths. Yeah, 100%. So dogs, they use their mouths. Birdie yeah. picks up the pine cone. She's like, what is this? I'm going to taste it. I'm going to smell it. I'm going to pick it up with my mouth and carry it around. Right. You know. Um, and there's a lot of things that she's doing that with. Right. Is it the intent to chew up the sock? Or is it just, I left a sock on the ground and she found that thing and she wants to hold it, pick yeah. it up and analyze it. Right. Um, so we have those toys there in place, but then at the same time, your dog's going to use their mouth in that way. They're going to use their mouth to fight you, to bite you, to do those things that dogs are designed to do as predatory animals. Right. Right. But, any, thanks Griffin. Um, anyhow, from there on out. We're going to go move on from the crate. We'll talk more about that stuff a little bit later. Yeah. About like what's happening during her structure timeout. Um, but the X-Pen has those toys. We have a dog bed in there for her. 
right? Mm -hmm. I cut all the tags off the toys. I cut all the tags off the dog bed. Anything that's hanging loose is not there. So you definitely don't want things that have string hanging from it. Like sometimes those toys that have like a lot of string hanging from it, that's going to like, if your dog chews it up, that's not going to digest well, right? right? So get things that are pretty like, um, like... Like if she were to tear up one of the toys, we would take it away because it has... Pieces like a little hole swallow. yeah like if i even saw a little bit of a hole like that toy's done i'm not letting her have it because i don't want her to choke is that a lot of things are a choke hazard for a puppy at this age just like it's gonna be for a toddler right right um so in the x-pen we're kind of giving her a controlled environment where she could be a dog she can make some choices yeah. but not any many bad choices yeah and not many choices. M- many choices at all, right? We're like... Boy, a lot of times we see her settle in there. Yeah. She doesn't have any choices. She to learns make. to relax. She's like, all right, I'm over the toys. I'm over playing with this. I ate and everything. And she learns to relax in there. Versus the crate. Like, right. she's having naps in the X-Pen. Versus her being out mm-hmm. and just being manic yeah, around freedom. everywhere. Freedom. Right? I love the X-Pen for puppies. Yeah. I think more people should really consider it. A potty training tip for the X-Pen. We had a few nights of really hard downpour with potty training. Right. Um, so, therefore, Birdie didn't want to go out. I didn't want to go out. And, like, when Birdie went out there, the rain was just so hard. And she was just, like, can't function because she was overstimulated and kind of scared of it. Yeah. Right? So, where I was like, clearly, she's not going to go poop outside right now. Right. So, I do use potty pads. In, in the case of where if it's too much snow... It's too wet outside or the weather is like yes, the other day we had very high wind. It wasn't even raining outside and I'm just like in the middle of the night this is going to be too much for her to like deal. Yeah. So at night if you have bad weather take everything out of your X-Pen. All of your toys all of that stuff and lay down pee pads so that in the middle of the night you could go walk her over there and just put her in there or your dog. And um I think they're scented or something. I really don't know. She how targets people, on them. She targets on the pee pads like instantly and it yeah. works really well. Well, we so, use them a couple times, but it does yeah. work every time. Now, if it's drizzling out like, and the out. ground's dry, like you should be taking them out in the weather. If it's kind of wind, like those are all things in the critical period you want to desensitize them to. I'm going to play thunderstorm sounds later this week now that I think about it. So she gets used to the sound of thunder and those kind of things so we don't have a dog that's anxious about rain, right? Yeah. Another potty training thing there is if you don't go out with them, they won't go. Right. Right? Um, The other day I didn't have my shoes on and I just stood by the door and she came inside and then needed to go right back outside to go poop. I was like, fine. I put on the flip-flops. I went out with her and she went. So I also have had many people say, my dog doesn't like to go potty out in the rain. You need to toughen it out and go away with them and go take them out into the yard. I got excited the day I was responsible for her and it rained. I was like, oh, she's going to get exposed today. Like, I'm going to go out and stand out there with her for Mm -hmm. extra long. And so she realizes that this is just, I have to show her that it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she's getting better with it. There are some days where, um, even up to a year, like, puppies are going to have potty accidents. Like, their body is developing and forming. Their their potty training and their schedule is always changing on them, too. Um, all those kind of different she things. Flush. honestly has been eating more, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, that is a constant change for her, too, 
to take in more, she's yeah. going to have to go more, and mm. she, the schedule is just completely throwing her off. Mm. So she has accidents, yeah. has had, but yeah. they're few and far between, but I would say mm. when a change like that happens, we noticed she needed to up her food the other day. Yeah. So the X-Pen and Crate, right? Let's not get too back, far off, but again, this is important to bring up these parts. Oh, yeah. This is all, I mean, this is what we were doing, like... And the food work's going to be all about part two, about the training and interacting yeah. and all that kind of stuff, right? So, and all this stuff's really to navigate potty training and for them just kind of to get used to the These world. levels of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. So. What's the next level? The next level is structured time out. Yeah. Meaning, I am engaging with her, I am playing with her, I am training her, and there is no go do whatever you want, Birdie. Right, so we work her for her food, which we'll get into. Um, so that's something we're doing when I talk about structured timeout. If your dog's a little bit older or you want to tether them to you, so they're always hanging out by you, that's structured timeout, right? Um, playing, interactive play where you're playing tug of war or playing fetch or that kind of thing, that's structured timeout. Yeah, a structured walk. timeout for like a older mm-hmm. dog would be like a bed stay. Yeah. But she's just not there yet. Or even us walking in the yard with the harness and retractable. Structured timeout. Like a walk is structured timeout. It means that she doesn't have freedom. Like there's no freedom of choices. We're showing her how to experience the rest of the environment by giving her clear choices and clear repercussions for those choices, right? right? You know, like you go run and jump in Sasha's face, I'm going to tell you no and spray you with the spray bottle. Right. Right? You come over here and lay on the bed, I'm going to reward you and feed you, right? So there's like clear yes and no's that I, that happens a little bit more with complete freedom. Um, but like I said, I'm giving her something to do. Right. She's busy with us and we are giving them our full attention. We're engaging. And we're we're engaging and giving them like, these are what we should be doing right now. Let's do this. Usually right? like play games or something. Yeah. So there's food games that I usually play with. Building attention and just building interest by working for food. There's playing tug of war. Mm-hmm. You know, playing fetch. Handling. Like even if I'm holding her, I want her to get used to not nipping my hands when we're playing with her paws or just restraining her. She has to get used to that. That's structure timeout. Um, what other ways do you see me doing it mm. i don't know i don't know that pretty nails it on that's the head. a lot like, like we spend a lot yeah. of our time using food to engage with her. yeah so, so and if we start mapping this out i'll talk let's map it out at the end about like this is how it happens in a schedule right um so there's structured timeout and usually i'm going to do some structured timeout after i get them out of the crate or x pen and then um Take them potty in between that, and then I'll give her freedom. Yeah, it kind of goes in like a revolving Like a cycle. Yeah. I like that. A nice cycle there. Okay. Um, Freedom doesn't necessarily mean she's allowed to do whatever she wants. Like, freedom means we picked up everything around the house. Our house is very clean these days. Right now. (laughs) All the corners, there's nothing bad that she can pick up and get into. Um, don't worry about Griffin cooing over, over here. Like, she could, um, get into whatever, right? But it's our job to kind of navigate them. So in freedom, I usually am standing, I'm ready to chase her around the house. Right. Right? 
I'll close off the doors to like Griffin's room, the stairs, the laundry room, the bathroom. So she kind of just has the main area. Yeah. And I know there's nothing on the ground she can get to or anything that should be that. Right. And it's kind of like she's running around learning about her space. Mm Mm-hmm. And learning the do's and don'ts. Yeah. Right? That's really what it is. It's like... Don't choose the wire. Chew the wire. Yeah, yeah. you can play with your toy out here. You can mm-hmm. run around and be manic. That's okay. You're a puppy. But you're not allowed to, like, try to jump at us or the couch. Don't jump at Sasha. Don't yeah. jump at Snow. Those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, don't go towards the trash. And the one tool that I'll kind of use, I call it the reset. Right? And the best way to describe the reset is... In um, Mario Kart, on like the Rainbow Roads or the levels that there aren't walls to your track and you drive off of the track or off the course. I feel like I can hear the noise that it makes. Like... (laughs) And it picks you up and puts you back Yeah, it's like this cloud that just, with a light that comes down, grabs you, picks you back up, and puts you back on course. Right. So I do that with Birdie. If she's just like, I keep going for the trash, I keep going for the trash or the dustpan or broom, I pick her up, I walk her back to the dog bed that we have in our living room, and I just set her down. And, like, it's a reset. Go ahead and try again. Like, you can drive wherever on the course again. And if you go off, I'm just going to put you back here and we have to reset. And it does slow her down. I haven't had to do it a lot as much recently, but, like... You were doing it consistently for those early weeks, getting her... Yeah. Away from, like, don't chew the cords, don't go mm-hmm. in the corner and trying to eat dust. Like, yeah. all of these things. And now she kind of just looks at us mm-hmm. when she's out and she's like, what should I do now? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or she's, like, making her decisions a lot slower. Yeah. Or she's avoiding the trash can. Like she's that just gets like, her reset. It gets her reset. And she's like, oh, I'm back to square one. Where, right now, that's the safest, easiest way to just correct. We use the water spray bottle to say no. We'll we'll talk about no in the next one. Yeah. Um, but it's it has all, its roles, but yeah. it's just when they're that little, it's hard to even express no. They really yeah. Don't they don't know yet. why it's a bad decision or anything. So I just rather reset them, not have that discussion or create any like bad associations. I rather just keep her safe because nature will correct her harder than we will down the line. So I at least just want to keep her safe and advocate for her. So in this freedom timeout, it might be freedom for Birdie. But we are watching the puppy like a toddler, chasing them around the house and making sure they're making good choices, making sure down the line that Griffin isn't upstairs and he's going to try to go head first down the stairs. Like, we're going to be watching every choice Griffin's making as he can start to move. So we're doing the same for Birdie. And freedom essentially means freedom for her to explore, but we're going to help her make those choices and learn the do-it-don'ts. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um... And we kind of do that off-leash at times with her. Yeah. Because we have the property, too. Yeah. Um, but she's again, not... if I see her, like, get into something, I'm picking her up. She's getting too close to the chicken area. I pick her up and yeah. hold her for a little bit and reset yeah. her. Right. So. And so I think it's really cool. We just explained all this, but we really do it do it in a cycle. Yeah. Like, she comes Let's out of the... Let's talk about first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, she comes out of the crate. She goes outside. And then she goes in her yeah. X-Pen for a little while. While we get well, ready, you work her for food. Mm-hmm. So essentially, when I wake up in the morning, I take her out to go potty. And then I have to do my stuff first. So I just like, you know, if your dog needs a 5 a.m. or a 6 a.m. let out as a puppy, you want to do that first. You know, give them that. 
And sometimes they'll go P, but like not necessarily number two. But I'll still create them because we have our morning routines that you kind of have to stick with too. Right. Mm -hmm. So making sure I could get up in the morning, get myself ready and that kind of stuff. And then because I have to do those things, people have to get ready for work and all of that kind of stuff. And that's your time to use the crate. I don't have time to like navigate you right now. So just be in the crate, even if we are home. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I have to take care of myself. I'm going to be taking a shower where obviously I can't be watching your decisions, whether it be um, in the X pen or out. Okay. So. I do my thing, and once I do it, usually coffee time, like I get the coffee going, and then I'll take her back out to go potty one more time, and then her and I do a training session, work her for food. Mm. Once she does some working for food, I just check if, hey, do you want more water? Do you need a little more food? And like maybe scatter some food in her crate, in the X-Pen, on a dog bed, just to give her like extra aside from the training, Mm -hmm. because sometimes you could be going through a lot of food with a puppy. Um... Do that, and then get my coffee ready, and then I watch what she does, right? After I take her to the bathroom. I'll let her get that food and that water after the session. Then she could go potty, okay? Mm-hmm. A lot of potties in between each little thing here. Like, <laughs> you have to do that yeah. to be proactive. Not Don't wait for their whines, or you're going to get a whiny dog, and that dog eventually is going to say, like, I'm just going to go to the bathroom. Oh, I, I tell don't want to tell you. Yeah. Um, so, don't look for the signs. Be proactive. Okay. Then, pretty much, we'll do playtime. And then I have to go out to the dogs out there. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, it's like, Birdie can't just be out or in the X-Pen. I'm or usually out and about. getting up at this point. Yeah. So, I'll crate her. And then, Kay will usually come down. Take care of Griffin. Get him all set up. And then, mm-hmm. she'll let her out to go potty. Because she can't verify that I let her go potty. Mm-hmm. And because she's been sitting in the crate. But it's anytime she comes out of the crate. Yeah, anytime your dog comes out of the crate, they should go potty. Right. Anytime they go back in, you should probably potty them before, before. too. Yeah. Um, Kind of in between exercises. Right. Like, if you see them drink water, like I said. So, it's literally a cycle of, like, crate when I can't take care of you or when I need to do my own thing. Yeah. Or when you just need a break and time to sleep. Right. right? Um... X-Pen. X-Pen if I'm not getting interactive with you. So, like, we'll usually do, when we do have the time, it's like she comes out, I do a little bit of training with her, I play a little bit of tug with her, give her freedom around the house, and then I'll let her out, and then she can um, go in the X-Pen for, like, an hour or two. Mm -hmm. She does spend a lot of time in the X-Pen just like the crate, Mm -hmm. right? Just not as much. And the more she does better in the X-Pen. We're usually down and around when she's in the X-Pen, but just busy doing other things. We don't let dogs jump on the X-Pen. That's another big thing that we don't like if they're jumping on the gate and that kind of stuff. So if she's showing just, like, manic behavior in the crate or the X-Pen, like, if and I see her jumping, I see her tearing stuff up, I see her being very just, like, unruly. Yeah. It's usually means she's too tired. She needs to go in the crate. She goes in the crate. So we'll kind of repeat the process of using these different layers of freedom throughout the day. And usually at 8 o'clock, we'll do a final let out. Have her go in the crate till like 11. Mm -hmm. Then it's just let out through the nights and repeat the process all day. Right. Right. Usually she's doing more X-Pen time in the afternoon when we're decompressing and not working. But if we're out in the shop or working other dogs, she is seeing a decent amount of crate time even though we're home. Right. Okay. We're not just saying, oh, she could be in the X-Pen because we still need to monitor her choices in there. Yes. Okay. So and she'll have an accident in the X-Pen because she can walk away from it. Yeah. 
So layers of freedom, aka Birdie's schedule, right? Um, I just think it's a really good way of looking at. It's a cool way to look at it. How to live with a puppy because mm. you can't just let that puppy be wild all mm. the time. And the beautiful thing about part one of all this is we have the two graphics which literally just go with this. Yeah. Um, which I that's the goal is we kind of want to share some education stuff with you guys as we share this podcast. Any graphics or any like drills or methods we have that we talk about. You know, even the working for food, we can share about working for food again mm-hmm. in the next one and whatnot. So, this was fun. Yeah. I would say it explains it pretty well, pretty thoroughly. Our right? route of how we live with yeah. a puppy, with exactly. a baby, and a two full-time jobs, mm-hmm. essentially. Yeah. You got to manage it when you can. And, like, the thing is, you got to keep her busy. You got to express all these different things. Yeah, it's because, exhausting, but right now we kind yeah. of know that it's just it's going to pay off if we're, like, all right, Griffin's yeah. down, now it's Birdie. Like, let's mm. get something for Birdie going, and then we can clean the house because Birdie will be... Mm. And we'll talk about those exercises that we do do in that structured time because those are really important, They're productive too. for her. Like, the, to prevent biting, to prevent, to build her name, and, like... Mm-hmm. like Handling skills. There's important things We're laying there. a foundation of her training. We're not really getting into any commands or anything, but... All right, yeah. I dig it. I dig it. Cool. Well, one part one here. Yeah. And we'll just start part two. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye.